0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on an action-packed Wednesday in the Scottish Premiership. Jeremy Frimpong's departure is now confirmed with Celtic looking to get back to winning ways at home to Hamilton Ackies. Rangers' charge towards the title takes them to Easter Road where Hibs lie in wait. It is a full fixture card with games already underway including a big one at the bottom between Ross County and Motherwell. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi. Yeah, as you say, Gordon, a full card tonight. Three of the games getting underway um, at six o'clock. Three of them at quarter to eight, including the league leaders Rangers' 23-point lead going into their game against Hibs at Easter Road. And for Celtic, looking to get their first victory of 2021, a home game against Hamilton. And they'll have to do it minus Jeremy Frimpong, but... £11 million richer and will Neil Lennon get the chance to reinvest any of that cash into some signings before the window slams shut in five days' time? Andy Haldy, lots to like about a full fixture card on a Wednesday night in the Premiership. Yep, you can't beat midweek football. It's something that you can, after your work, go home and look forward to. So Rangers will be looking to keep their unbeaten run going up against a, a good side and the Hibs will be hurting, obviously, after a... You know, another semi-final defeat at the weekend. Celtic will be itching to get back to winning ways after after four games without a win and huge game at the foot of the table and I'm sure it's a, a game that you'll have one, one big eye on today. I mean, I can't believe that you got to choose the game in the studio tonight and you chose Ross County Mother. Well, honestly, uh, that's, well, that's why we keep you around. What a, I, what a brilliant I, I, choice I, that was. I think the punters know that's a lie, but um, <laughs> 01419511025. Give us a call. Every team in action in the, the top flight. So you must have something on your mind. Celtic fans... Um, how do you feel on, on match day at the moment? What, what, what's the overriding feeling? Is it... I, I, I can't imagine it's as much excitement as it used to be. Is it a, a fear that you're going to drop more points? Is there a curiosity about how the team's going to line up? That's what I want to know from you tonight. How do you feel on match day at the moment, given everything that's gone on? Uh, Rangers fans, all your thoughts ahead of the game tonight as well. And if you're watching at home for the six o'clock games, don't shout at the TV, shout at us. 01419511025. Of course, midweek football actually got underway in the championship last night, Andy Halliday. I'll be honest, I think you should have scored. I've, I've seen some footage, a couple of chances. That's an understatement. You're going to explain them, yes? Uh, uh, I would rather know, but <laughs> if, if people haven't seen them, uh, it wasn't pretty. First one, certainly a, a big miss going through one of them when they go in, try to give them the eyes. Rose but, bleed. Uh, well, I try to give them the eyes, I think I must have scaly eyes because I don't know what happened because he read me pretty well. And then the second one, I actually thought I was offside. So oh, it, was just a case of, it was just a case of, oh, I just swivel and shoot. But nah, disappointed. But good thing to get back to winning ways because, uh, you know, Rafe turned us over at the weekend and, and we we're still hurting for that. So what a perfect fixture to bounce back, playing them again three days later and got the job done. And of course, a straight red card shown to Rafe Rovers for a, a kick or a challenge on you. So what everybody wants to know is. Did you make the most of it, and what did you say to him to make him kick you? I've I've never made the most of anything, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll be honest with that one. But, but you must have uh, said something then, because you avoided that question. It's just just sort of gamesmanship, a, verb, a verbal battle, right, okay. and, and just sort of little niggles, and and uh, you know managed to get a reaction out of it, and uh, got the red card. But I don't think there was any malice, and it. it was just a, a sign of frustration, we'll say. I like that, Mark Guidi. He got stamped on, but there was no sign of malice. It was a non-malicious stamp. 
Is there such a thing? We've all been there. 01419511025. Give us a call. Let us know what is on your mind tonight. Uh, let's start by previewing some of the games then. Let's go live to... We'll start closest first, shall we? Celtic Park. Celtic against Hamilton. Here's Alison Conroy. Yeah, good evening from Celtic Park. Neil Lennon, of course, shot on right-back options tonight with Jeremy Frimpong completing that move to Bayer Leverkusen. Anthony Ralston could come in as Celtic look for their first win in five games. Scott Brown, of course, suspended after his red card at Livingston a week ago. Chris Julian still out injured as well. Neil Lennon says he can feel that the improvement is coming and they can go on a run of form. O'Brien Rice is hoping to welcome back at least one of his injured Aki's players for tonight's game as they look for points to try and move off the bottom of the Scottish Premiership. Team news about half past six, Gordon. OK, let's go to Easter Road. Hibs against Rangers. Andrew McLean. Yeah, it's always a good game when Rangers visit Easter Road, isn't it? It's proven to be a bit of a bogey ground, though, for Stephen Gerrard. To be fair, he's never lost here from his four visits, but three draws and just one win. One of those draws was that 2-0 here earlier in the campaign. So Hibs are in that very small party of clubs that have taken points off of Rangers in this league campaign. Overall, though, Stephen Gerrard says he's been pretty happy with their performances here since he took over. He just thinks it's individual moments or a bit of luck that hasn't gone their way that's cost them. As for Hibs, they'll be desperate to get back to winning ways, obviously, Saturday's Betfred Cup semi-final defeat Jack Ross says he was angry with the response of his players to going behind against St Johnston many people questioning their big game mentality after that one so this could prove to be a great occasion to try and prove people wrong the pitch not in the best condition maybe slightly better than it was for that game against Kilmarnock here a week and a half ago but won't be the easiest to play foot, flowing football on uh, just looking ahead to team news as well I wonder whether Ryan Jack may get his first start for two months after an impressive cameo at the weekend potential for Kamar Roof to get some game time too after a spell out he didn't get off the bench on Saturday and Joe Newell he's missed the last two for Hibs look as if he'll miss this one again but Andy's pal Scott Allen could ramp up his comeback he uh, got some minutes at the weekend and uh, potentially could get on tonight as well full team news as soon as I get it OK then 01419511025 give us a call let us know how you're feeling ahead of the football tonight or if your team's in action at the moment then just talk us through it if you're shouting at the TV don't bother shout at us instead give us a call or you can tweet as well at Clyde SSB let's bring in Peter, who is a Celtic fan from Postle Park. Peter, I didn't mean to take Super Scoreboard down a, a sort of deep and meaningful route, but I, I'm being serious. I wonder how the Celtic fans feel on match day at the moment. If if you think the title is long and truly gone, what's the emotion? What's what's the feeling ahead of kickoff on a night like tonight? I still obviously like to see my team win, Gordon. At the end of the day, I still support them. At the end of the day, I've had I've had nine ten goal this year's following the club. I mean, I just missed out and seeing us doing. I don't recall, no, missed out. I don't recall much. It was doing the nine first time around. So, if anybody had asked me 10 years ago, we'd go and win nine titles in a row, uh, a quadruple treble, I'd have laughed at you, Gordon. So, see, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm taking stock of what's happening, actually. I mean, bigger picture. Don't know what's happened after feeling that, but I still look forward to seeing my team. I just missed actually being. At the gun, you see the match of play. You know, well, the uh, circumstances as in we can't get there. But I miss all that being beat. The buzz gone to the game. No, like, okay, it's not happening for us this year. Must be really hard to pretend. Mark probably know that more than myself. I mean, we've also we feel twice today, and Rangers are still going to get that magic ten. So it must be really, really hard to get that finish line. But see, the peace Gordon, as I say, if you'd have said to me ten years ago, Celtic are going to win nine league titles in a four. 
and did a quadruple treble. I'd have laughed at you. I don't know you hate you're kidding yourself one time with, with the Scottish football can go, but I'm still so we're still done a wee bit of history again. We've just got to take on the chin that's happened this season and hopefully move on and come back stronger next year. I admire your sense of perspective, but given that Celtic were such favourites to go and do it again, and I think you and a lots of Celtic fans that thought the title would be won and it's all happened very quickly how have you managed to get to that place then when you say oh well shrug of the shoulders at least we had nine good years because I don't sense that a lot of your fellow Celtic fans feel that way so probably no Gordon I didn't really feel that way myself up until the last 24 48 years so I've been still really doing a bit annoyed with things but I see all the posts on social media regarding towards Neil Larry and the players at board and all that and something I've been a wee bit involved in it myself but as I say I take stock of things I just think yeah, we want, of course we wanted to learn. I was trying to fuck because I phoned down when we signed Shane Duffy and I thought it would be a brilliant sign. I went to my transfer business. I didn't know an awful lot about the goalkeeper and uh, the boy lacks out. So you bring, an, bring back Ella Nussi, you bring David Tumble back in and getting uh, Shane Duffy something. Well, Duffy was a solid as a solid centre back. I've seen him for the play for Paul Iron, playing for Brighton, so I thought, right, tilt a back wing. So, didn't know much about what to say, Laxel, but it seems to come in done reasonably well. And also, goalkeeper didn't work for red. I've done enough too bad in Greece for AK Athens, played in the Champions League, so I thought, right, I started with business, kept for big hitters, i.e., Edward, I, and guys like that. I don't know what's happened at Parkhead this season. Nobody knows from what by the players and the management, but see, the end of the day, as I say, that's chasing buses and banners and all that. It's not getting us anywhere, God. And we're actually making ourselves sort of laughing stock. And as I say, I take stock on it. And the last nine years have been a privilege to follow Celtic. And we'll, mm. we'll make it down. We'll be back. Pubs go through blitz. We'll be back. We're not going to just go and die away and no bother. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mark Greedy, that's, that's Peter's take. That's one where he's... he's I'm not going to say over it, but he's he's come to terms with it, and he's still excited about Celtic playing tonight. I wonder how the rest of the Celtic fans will feel getting in touch tonight because it it, it must be a strange sort of time, strange position to be in. Yeah, it must be, and uh, I don't think there's many, as you said, Gordon. I don't think there's many people out there, many Celtic supporters that that would be as uh, as as even-handed as Peter um, is about the the whole thing. Um, as I said this time last week, and I'll say it again tonight. Whether Celtic win 10-0 or lose 10-0, I think it's irrelevant. It's a bigger picture at the football club. It's how the bigger picture is going to be addressed by Dermot Desmond. And I think the Celtic fans, a lot of them, are, are scunnered in terms of the capitulation this season for them to be out of the, the title race completely uh, come 2 o'clock on, on, on January the 2nd when uh, Celtic lost at Ibrox to then having the the lack of uh, communication towards supporters, towards season ticket holders, uh, business people at the club, sponsors who have, who have pumped in in excess of £30 million collectively to have uh, little or no communication um, isn't sitting well with them. And that's something that needs to be changed um, pretty quickly when the, when the season ticket um, renewals come round in a couple of months' time. So I think Celtic fans, as has been the case for a long number of months, are not happy uh, with their club and um, they want to know what Dermot Desmond is going to do to change it. And um, I think they, I think they're entitled to some answers sooner rather than later. The big news today, Peter, is that that, that move, Jeremy Frimpong's transfer to Bayer Leverkusen, is complete. Both clubs have confirmed it. What do you make of that, Peter? I don't know, Gordon. Obviously, I mean, you've seen the rumours in the papers about um, the link to teams in that, like ASA Roma and things like that. And to me, it came out the blues, really, but 
at the end of the day, if we're led to believe, I don't know, it's like everything that's Mark saying there about the Celtic, doesn't it? You don't know the full story of what's going on. Also, I'm listening, I'm listening to what Neil saying in the press conference saying that they tried to come to a deal with the boy for a two or three year deal, uh, but the boy made it. He's selling on he wanted to leave again, like say a few other players that supposedly wanted to leave in the summer. I know it's easy to say that now in hindsight, but not I didn't at the time, but obviously I'm still no no, I'll keep my big cars, we need them. You'd a couple of calls on last night, see if you don't want to be at the club, Gordon. Sorry, it's in the NCL to do the best thing for the club, find it the perfect deal for the club, it suits both parties. I wish the boy all the best. He's only twenty, I mean, who's to say he might not come back two, three years down the road? Goes a good talent, but against, you're selling even if it's three hundred uh, ten million, you bought for three hundred thousand, and you're selling for ten million. For the, if there's a part selling across to Man City, fair enough. We've done that. We do that with players as well. But I wish the boy all the best. And it just, just it came out of the blue. Me, yes, I was expecting one of our big hitters to be going this month, and it could still happen. But. That's, that's yep. business that's, that's the way it goes OK, big goal at the bottom Ross County won Motherwell nil. it's Ollie Shaw former Motherwell winger Jermaine Hilton threw in goal Liam Kelly couldn't make the save uh, and it squirmed into the path of Shaw puts Ross County one up that is a massive goal uh, at the bottom Andy Haldy what have you made of this Jeremy Frimpong transfer? I think he's a great talent uh, he's got a promising future ahead of him but I think Celtic have got to be delighted with the fee that they're going to receive for him uh, I think you look he's got one goal three assists for the season but he's been a part of a very very leaky Celtic defence and uh, I think he's been a part of a number of players that have showed a lot of inconsistencies this season so I think you look at the face value of it Celtic bring him in for 300 grand they sell him for 11, I think it's in the upwards of 11 million for the uh, the maximum potential value for the for the deal so I think they've got to be, be delighted with that piece mm. of business Mark Mark yeah good business um, for Celtic you know um, <laughs> that's what the club's all about and, and I would never um, criticise them for that and, and, and the thing is they've had a kind of problem at right back since um, you know whatever happened with, with Mikel Lucy I don't think the club offered them um, a new contract or they couldn't get a new contract I don't think they should have let, let Lucy to go a man of that experience and a man who clearly had um you know, liked his his role and, and, and liked being at Celtic, and it was a shame when that came to um, an end um, for him, I think, and for Neil Lennon too. And they tried two or three right backs to replace him, and, and couldn't find one. And eventually, Frimpong came onto the scene, and he's been a, a brilliant piece of business. And the positive thing about him going just now, apart from the fact that Celtic are, are getting a, a fantastic transfer fee, is that. Whether it's Neil Lennon or whether it's a, a new manager, he knows that the right-back area is something that's got to be fixed. Whether they can fix it in the next four or five days is unlikely, but certainly moving forward for the start of the next season, it's better to lose him now and know what you have to do than to lose him you know, with a couple of weeks to go before a, a, a big European qualifier or to lose him with two days at the, at the window to go at the end of August. So that's another positive part of it. OK, uh, let's thank Peter, move on and bring in Craig, Rangers against, uh, Hibs against Rangers I should say, the big one through in the capital What's your point tonight Craig? Yeah, just a quick one guys, now you're busy um, I've not been on um, for a few months, I've just been listening to the show enjoying it, uh, quite a wee guilty pleasure listening to Celtic fans but uh, just about Rangers I was on a couple of years ago when Gerard got appointed and I said I don't think it's going to be a he's not going to come in and win the league in his first season you know, people are saying, you don't get time in Glasgow and just, I don't want to mention his name because people say, oh, Celtic, Celtic. But Frank Lampard lost his job because he wasn't given time. This is what happens when you give a manager time. Um, he's been slowly building a project. He's been putting, the, I'm, I'm sure Andy will know from obviously being there, 
he's been getting the right, right guys in place over the last couple of years on and off the park. Ross Wilson's been a fantastic addition as well. And um, I'm really, really, really looking forward to the end of the season. You know, I'm 34, lived through nine in a row, uh, helicopter Sundays under McLeish, European final under Walter Smith. This is, this is something that's absolutely amazing. Um, and everybody up and down the country will be enjoying it. Just a couple of negative points, um, as obviously I don't think we'll get Ibrooks to enjoy it. And unfortunately, the guy next to me stu- uh, studio won't get a, a winner's medal. Uh, but loving life at the moment. And I'm um, really excited for the game tonight. I think it'll be a good game because uh, Hibs try and play football. And I think it'll be a really good game where Rangers win. What? Yeah, what's your feeling going into games like this now, Craig? Is any nervousness at all, or because of that points gap, is there a is there a, a relaxation because you know that even if Rangers were to drop points tonight, in all likelihood, it's not going to change much. I mean, it is, but I mean, I, th- I think you know the players have got probably they won't they won't mention this in public, obviously, but I'm sure they've got different targets out with winning the league title, whether that's. Being unbeaten or, you know, just getting to a certain point, Stanley, that'll be something that Stephen, I'm sure, will be having up in the, up in the board, as they say, to keep the players motivated. But, yeah, I mean, every single game, I said to Hugh earlier in the season, Rangers, you know, are a joy to watch. And he says, you've won nothing yet, but, you know, and I know he's turned his stands on that. But, yeah, I just really enjoy um, the thought of watching Rangers play. Always enjoyed, you know, going to Ibrox, but, you know, under certain managers, it was a... A little bit of a chore, shall we say. Um, but yeah, just absolutely loving it. And I think it'll be a really good game tonight. I think it'll be quite an open game. Um, Hibs have got stuff to play for. And yeah, uh, yeah, very much enjoying life at the moment. Andy, every time it comes up on the show, can Rangers go unbeaten? Uh, we'll get one or two Rangers fans who get in touch and say, yeah, yeah, I think it can. Then everybody else just says, we don't care, forget all that. We're not interested. We just want to win the league. That's fine, because fans can think you know, whatever they like. Inside the dressing room, is Stephen Gerrard the type that might set a target, whether it be a points total, whether it be an unbeaten run, to, to no. just add that extra incentive? No, no, I think the target is literally just three mm. points at a time, and uh, I think that's a target they're going to continue to set throughout the uh, the rest of the season. The fact that can Rangers go unbeaten is on the uh, a question on people's lips just shows how how dominant Rangers have been this year, and when Brendan Brendan Rodgers side did that. I think it was four or five years ago now. I don't think that was something I would see again. And if I did, it was going to be a long, long time before I see it. Uh, I th- still think it's going to be extremely difficult for them to do it. And I think tonight is going to be one of the, the biggest tests for that. I think, uh, you know, look, you look at the, the three draws Rangers have had this season. I think the Hibs game especially was one that really could have went either way. Um, Rangers did have a couple of chances within that game to win it, but so did Hibs. And Hibs are a good side. Uh, you know, if you if if you if you catch Hibs on a good day, they're they're no, they're very dangerous. They've got good players going forward, and but I think that Rangers over the last sort of three four games have seen a little bit of a lull. I don't think it's been dramatic, uh, like dramatic, but I think Ross County last week's uh, you know they were they were certainly back to their best, and if they, they perform close to that level again tonight, I can see them getting another one. Three six o'clock games. Remember St Johnston nil, Aberdeen nil, Dundee United nil, St Mirren nil, and Ross County won Motherwell nil. We're watching that in the studio, uh, Andy. Mull had actually started not badly, but Ross County taking their chance. Yeah, and I think they've continued to to start well after after the goals. Um, you know, Ross County hit them on the, uh, the counter attack. I think Liam Kelly will be disappointed, feeling that he could he could maybe deal with the initial shot better. And it was just a 
what looked like a lapse of concentration at the back to follow up the shot and, and all the shot was, was all I wanted to tap it in and you know, John Hughes is, he's, he's got a bit of resurgence going with the, with the Ross County team and, and they've started really well with the, the, the first goal of this game OK 01419511025 we're closing in on team news I would imagine ahead of the Celtic Hamilton game and Hibs Rangers good time to get your call in we could be speaking to you next and we'll hear from the managers after lease you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here to take your calls. We've got three big games underway uh, at the moment and three more still to come later on. So the only goal so far, Ross County won Motherwell nil. That's a huge goal at the bottom. We are, of course, building up to the other games. Celtic Hamilton, Hibs Rangers, uh, Dundee United St Mirren. That one's later on as well. It's hard for me to keep up with all these staggered Stag- oh that one's just now sorry that one's goalless as well so uh, staggered kickoffs not good for me right let's bring in Kevin who's a Celtic fan from Motherwell uh, what's on your mind tonight Kevin Hiya um, so basically I've been listening to what has been happening with the, obviously the Jerry, Jeremy Simplong thing right um, I think that's a great piece of business for, for the board probably the only good piece of business they've done in a long time maybe since we signed Turnbull which is uh, quite bad but I, I, the, the, the communication with the with the board is absolutely horrendous, man. We we, we were promised a review in January. That's happened with Neil Lennon. So, what was happening with this review? Because the, the performances have been absolutely horrendous, and this guy's still on a job. So, when when are they, are they, how long have they got a game? How many points do we need to fall behind Rangers before they say, oh, "Do you know what? Enough's enough. We'll get somebody else in." Because honestly, I would be happy for. Why are they, the youth coaches or something to take care and get rid of Neil Lennon and, and get, get somebody in? Start getting rid of all the Deadwood at Celtic. Uh, Frank that was a bit of a shock, don't get me wrong, but Edward, get him out. And Cham, get rid of him. Christie's apparently wanting to leave, so get, get rid of them. Just get rid of them all. Brad, build up a transfer key for this new manager coming in because we're, we're going to need it. It's a big rebuilding job that needs done. We need somebody in that can just tear that place apart and just start from the beginning again because it's been absolutely horrific and uh, it's that bad do you know what you were talking about the games I can't even remember who Celtic are playing tonight because I don't care um, uh, I really, I really, I really don't care. well there you go <laughs> well, well there you go we might get a win so it's horrendous if Celtic were playing in my backyard and I would shut the curtains that's how bad it is and I don't know we just we need somebody else and we need them in pronto because it's just it's just terrible man it's, it's embarrassing it really, it really is Martin Weedy um, yeah, I mean it's Kevin's, you know, kind of laying all the all the blame for all the ills at the door of Neil Lennon, and you know that that's that's really unfair, Kevin. It's a big picture at Celtic. It's key positions at the club that need to be looked at, and that's where Dermot Desmond has to conduct a full review of the football club. You know, changing a manager is not going to cure everything at Celtic Park just now. So it's a number of positions, including the players, uh, as I've mentioned, and that's got to be looked at. And only then, once there's a proper review of the club and the right people uh, are in charge of the club and the key departments, then will you have have a better chance of the club um, moving forward. So just to say it's all about Neil Lennon is... You're way, way off the mark to to, to say that. Yes, he's a manager, and of course, it's about results. But it's a fo- it's a football club. The football club needs to be looked at. Yeah, Mark. I, I didn't. At no point did I say all oh, the blame is on Neil Lennon. I, I didn't say that. I just said get rid of Neil Lennon, get rid of the manager, which is I think quite fair after the seasons he had. I didn't say it was all his fault. I think another one to blame Peter Lawal 
because he's been sanctioning all these deals. Nicky Hammond, he's the he's the talent spotter. If I mean I don't I don't know I don't know what talent he spotted, but apparently he's a talent spotter. So I starts with the top up. I agree with you there, but unfortunately, Mark, as you know, it's a results-driven business. So see if you don't get the results, you're out the door. Look at Chelsea, Frank Lampard, club legend. What did he do? It's no happening. Sacked him. And and how long did it take them to get a new manager? 24, 48 hours, something like that? No, I'm not saying we can get a Thomas Tuchel, right? I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But swift action is needed by Celtic. It's just like they've done at Chelsea. And it, it is no happening. It's not Neil Lennon's fault. You're absolutely right. But I didn't just blame Neil Lennon. So uh, said there was a few people at Celtic they need to look at. Yeah, it's only, it's only good to take swift action if you've got the right people ready to come in. So if they've not got the right people to, to come in, then it's better sticking with the people that you've got just now. So, you know, Chelsea got rid of Frank Lampard because Thomas Tuchel was ready to come in. But we don't know if that's the, that's the case with Celtic. We don't know if, if Neil Lennon is going to be given until the end of May, if he's going to be given a chance to try and put a run of wins um, together and restore some confidence. Um, we don't know if he's going to be given the chance to win the Scottish Cup. Personally, I'm not so sure the Scottish Cup's going to go ahead this season. I think it, there's, there's a chance it might be pulled. So there's all sorts of things. And um, it, that's what I say. It's the whole of Celtic Football Club um, needs to be to be looked at because it's on a, on a whole collectively it's not been performing well enough yeah and the recruitment's so important because you can understand where fans like Kevin they're feeling like well yeah do you know what 11 million's a brilliant piece of business for Frimpong but 11 million is also Barkas plus a Yeti really so if that's the way the money is going to be invested you, you can understand why they're not singing and dancing just because they've, they've taken in a decent amount of money for Frimpong yeah, definitely. I don't think the you know the size of a, a value of a signing, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't show the the full maximum potential of what a signing is going to be. I think Glenn Kamara is a perfect example of that with Rangers bringing him in for you know for the light sum of fifty k. So yeah, eleven million is all good and well, but they need to recruit it well. And um, I think Kevin's spot on. I think you know one of the big part of Celtic's issues this season is they've not recruited well enough. You know, he touched on a couple of names and um, you know from Pong by. We invest them for a lot more, and, and, and David Tumble being the obvious one, I think out with that, uh, you know, the signings they brought in has led to you know a, a season of inconsistency for Celtic. So it'll be interesting to see if Neil Lennon gets any of that that budget to spend this season, and, and uh, hope they try and get a bit of resurgence towards the, the end of the year. Uh, let's go to Celtic Park. I think we can get team news if Alison Conroy's got it. You got the Celtic team, Alison? Yeah, I do have the Celtic team. There's a couple of changes tonight for this one. Um, Odson Edward comes back into the starting 11 for Celtic this evening. Um, it, Scott Bain in goal as well. He replaces Vasilius Barkas in goal with Ryan Christie also dropping out of the starting 11. So it will be Scott Bain in goal. It looks like a back four of Chris Iyer, near Beaton, Shane Duffy and Greg Taylor. Your midfield four will be Callum McGregor, David Turnbull as Myla Soro and Mohamed Elanoussi. And it looks like Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward up top on the bench for Celtic tonight will be Barkas, Ayeti, Klamala, Christie, Rogic, Johnson, Ralston, Welsh and Laxalt. Uh, very interesting. Celtic fans, what do you make of that? Andy Haldy, there's a few things. Scott Bain is is back in goals. Barkas is on the bench. Um, interesting to get Neil Lennon's thoughts on that one. Um, it's been such a, a, a debatable position for Celtic all year. Um, 
Edward and Griffiths together up front that's another big talking point and, and have they have they stayed with the diamond by the looks of it would that be Sorrow, Turnbull McGregor and El Yunusi does he just yeah. slot in there or it does look like that I think um, I think the partnership of Edward and Griffiths has got to be a big bonus for Celtic fans I think that's something that they'll, they'll try to keep fit and firing from now at the end of the season uh, Scott Bain is a surprising one especially after the you know the interview that Neil Lennon done I think it was three four games ago so for me that seems as if it's the end of Barcast now because for Neil Lennon to come out and you know publicly state that you're my number one you're, you're the goalkeeper that I brought you into to be the number one going forward and three four games later he's he's back out the team so I don't know if that's the, the beginning and the end for Barcast at Celtic St Mirren have gone a goal up against Dundee United uh, Shognessy converts across for the Saints so it's looking very interesting down in that portion of the league Ross County winning as well uh, let's go to Easter Road I think we can get a Rangers team as well uh, from Andrew McLean Yes, we'll start with the home side. It's three changes for Hibs. Out go Murphy, Boyle and Hanlon from Saturday's side. In come Holberg, Dodge and McGregor. So they'll revert to a back three tonight. Hibs over Marciano starts in goal. The back three, Paul McGinn, Ryan Porteous and Darren McGregor. Then it'll be Chris Cadden and Josh Doig as the wing-backs with Melker Holberg, Alex Gogic and Jackson Irvin, the central midfielders, Kevin Nisbet and Christian Doidge partnering each other up top. The substitutes, Macy, Hanlon, Stevenson, McGinnis, Mallon, Wright, Boyle, Allen and Gullen as for Rangers it's Alan McGregor who starts in goal for them the back four James Tavernier Connor Goldson Philip Hellander and Borna Barisic Ryan Jack returns to the midfield he's alongside Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis Joe Aribo will push slightly further forward in place of Yanis Hadji and Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos of course up there as well the substitutes McLaughlin Bassey Patterson Balogun Zungu Barker Hadji Itten and Roof Andy Haldi briefly your reaction to that team Yanis um, Hadji coming out uh, off the back of in my opinion his best performance for Rangers for a long long time last week um, I think he's he's really came into form over the last few games so I'd say slightly surprised but I've mentioned a couple of times I think there's a sort of a trend when, when you go into the, the bigger games under Steven Gerrard they seems to, to really go with the players that he trusts so not too surprised to see Ryan Jack come back in uh, in terms of the Hibs lineup. really surprised about Martin Boyle not playing uh, he always seems to be nine times out of ten Hibs biggest threat and I think especially Rangers that are, are going to dominate a lot of the ball today somebody that's going to be really dangerous in a counter attack but you know, no doubt you'll see him at some point in the game Alright let's bring in Tony in Golston Tony's a Celtic fan Tony I think we've had two Celtic fans on before you one of them said I'm not that bothered nine was a great achievement and I'm still really looking forward to the games because I'll always back my team and the other fan said I wouldn't watch Celtic if they were in my back garden I couldn't even tell you who they're playing tonight I'm scunnered are you in either of those camps or are you somewhere in the middle well I would say I'm somewhere in the middle to be honest with you uh, I've been a lifelong Celtic fan I'm 54 years old my dad took me to Celtic Park when I was 3 years old the old Celtic Park but now it's getting a bit frustrating to be honest with you um, the thing prong thing was uh, a work in progress and I think that was good business to be honest with you also, what Mr. Lawwell, Peter Lawwell, has a lot to answer for. He's been a long time and he has obviously produced things, but at the same time now, I don't think it's happening now. Also, Mr. Dermot Desmond, what is his role in this as well? And uh, Neil Lennon, I think he should have gone a long time ago, to be honest. 
as long as lo- I love New Lennon, but at the same time, I think, like, if you look at uh, Chelsea with Frank Lampard, they love him as well, but at the same time, he's gone. So there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change of direction, as simple as that. Mark Greedy, I'll put those points to you. Uh, just to, to sort of skip out that middle bit, because I know that you said previously it's not all Neil Lennon's fault and so on. Um, what, what about some of the the bits that he will always have to answer for? Team selection, for instance. Now, Barkas was publicly told a few weeks ago he's the number one, and, and then Scott Bain has come from nowhere to start the game tonight. What do you make of that? There might be an explanation that Neil Lennon can give us, but Barkas is on the bench, so it doesn't seem like he's injured or anything. Well, the, the, I'm sure the explanation is that, that at this moment in time, Scott Baines a, a better goalkeeper, and I've always believed that after watching Barkas uh, for a few games, I, I thought that Scott Baines should have been given the number one. Um, listen, I thought that Celtic should have gone and get a new goalkeeper anyway, but that's by the by. Um, so Scott Bain no is quite likely the number one. Yeah, you look at you look at. Um, Barkas for the opening goal last week, and, and as much as Ayers lost Kieran Brown, you know Barkas is is, is positioning. So, look, I, f- I feel for the guy because, as I've said many times, particularly for goalkeepers, but especially when you play for clubs the size of Celtic and Rangers and the demands that are on you, it's not all about ability. It's about mental strength for a goalkeeper. You know, you look at Alan McGregor, great mental strength. Arthur Boric, great mental strength. Um, Fraser Foster, great mental strength. Andy Gorham, Stefan Kloss, Barkas, you don't see it. He's ashen faced. We look on the pitch. I, I don't see any communication skills as well. And I go back to that when the the Ferenc Varis game at Celtic Park. There should have been greater communication there. And had it been Fraser Foster or Craig Gordon, I don't think Celtic would have conceded um, one of those uh, needless goals that they did. And that came down to communication between the goalkeeper and the central defender. So it's Bain's in there because he is a better goalkeeper. Uh, at the moment team selection yeah like all managers Neil Lennon uh, has called it wrong sometimes uh, there's no doubt about that he's going back to to Edward and Griffiths tonight I don't know I mean it probably will be 4-4-2 but, but looking at the team there is the flexibility to go to uh, a back three tonight and play uh, 3-5-2 so we'll wait and see but for Neil Lennon um, I know it's not going to I, th- I think going back the, the majority of Celtic supporters um, want him gone but there is a chance as they go and start winning football games, and that's what he's got to do. He's just got to try and win games starting tonight. Celtic haven't won um, this year, um, which is really, really poor, and uh, it's something that can be corrected tonight. But in the long term, for me, I'll say it again, it doesn't make any difference. There is a root and branch review required at the football club, and uh, Dermot Desmond needs to communicate to the season ticket holders and to the Celtic supporters what he plans to do about it. Tony, what do you make of that tonight, Scott Bain being in goal? Because I feel like the goalkeeping issues sort of sum up Celtic's season in many ways. It's been one of the big talking points and it, it, it's twisted and turning so many times. What do you make of the, the latest chapter in it? Well, basically, I don't think it's down to uh, the goalkeeping situation, to be honest with you. I think the defence has been shocking as well. They've just sound, they've just sound uh, thin palms gone for 11 million pounds who I think was a work in progress anyway, which is a good business. But this central defensive thing has been going on for years and it should have been addressed, I would say, about two years ago. Simple as that. Yeah, and that's the thing. There is obviously a big rebuild, Andy. I want to get your thoughts on the goalkeeping because I get where Mark's coming from in that Mark thinks Scott Bain's the best goalkeeper, so what's the big deal? Fine, but I'm talking about the way this has played out where Neil Lennon publicly says yeah. that Barkas is the number one and he wants to give him a run of games. That's what he said. 
Um, Scott Bain has been absolutely nowhere. Barkas played against Dundee United, clean sheet. Played against Rangers. Not saying he had a good game, but it's not. There was a glaring howler in there. He's then isolated for a few games, and and now he's out of the teams. So. I'd like to find out if, if there is anything else to it. If it's just on form, the timing around it and on the back of Neil Lennon's comments, does that not seem strange? Well, that's why I suggested that it seems as if it's the beginning and the end for Barkas at Celtic. And listen, I, I might be wrong. You know, Neil Lennon might come out and, and give an explanation of why he doesn't play. And if he does, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and apologise. But the, the fact of the matter is, for me, I think when he plays... I don't think his teammates trust him. I don't think his manager trusts him. I think that's evident in the fact that he's been in and out of the team. And uh, it just spreads a nervous, uh, nervousness around Celtic's back four, which is is why they've been leaking goals all season. And, you know, Mark, you know, quite rightly pointed out a few aspects of his game that's not been convincing. The biggest thing for me is he doesn't command his area. And I think, uh, you know, if you're part of a back four, you want to touch your goalkeeper. And uh, you look at the top goalkeepers that, that Mark mentioned, they, over the course of a season, they, they win you 10, 12, 15 points. The fact of the matter is, Barkos has cost Celtic points. Okay, thank you very much, Tony. It's a good time to get your call in. 0141-951-1025. We're going to get travel with Stephen, and that means we could be speaking to you next. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's a big night in the Scottish Premiership. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here at half time. It is Ross County 1, Motherwell 0, St Johnston 0, Aberdeen 0, and Dundee United 0, St Mirren. 3 Joe Shaughnessy and then 2 penalties from Jamie McGrath have the Saints absolutely cruising at Tannadice so we're still building up to kick off between Celtic Hamilton Ackies Hibs Rangers and Livy Comarnock David Martindale man of the moment uh, welcomes Comarnock to the Tony Macaroni tonight let's bring in Tommy who's a Rangers fan from Doncaster what's on your mind tonight Tommy? Uh, just a couple of things good evening go on you Mark and Andy nice to speak to you son and you uh, a couple of points. First of all, the Rangers. Uh, the job that Gerrard's done, and I've listened to sort of Celtic fans and Rangers fans over this last couple of years, that, you know, Stevie's won nothing, he's been in trophies and everything else. That boy had a big rebuilding job in the last two and a half years, and he's done a, an absolutely tremendous job for us. And uh, I think we could end up with a statue at the other side of the main stand at the end of the year uh, with, with Stevie's name on it, because he's brought us from nowhere over the last nine years back to being probably in the rightful place in Scotland back at the top of the league uh, the other thing I wanted to speak to about Gordon is I've been listening to Celtic Banks and yourself mentioning this £11 million pounds that Frimpong has went for mm-hmm. German clubs first of all I've read, the, I've read the deal German clubs don't deal in pounds it's euros all right. it also includes his four year contract in that £11 million pounds. so Celtic will probably end up be lucky to get four or five out of this deal if they're lucky at the end which is still good business I believe it's the start of a fire sale of at least another half a dozen that will be going so they've got a massive rebuilding job today and if you know if Martin yourself believe that this deal's worth £11 million I've got an uncle in Nigeria that would like to speak to both of you because he's got an £11 million in an account that he'd like to transfer to the UK You've been working on that one all day Tommy? No, no um, I just wonder, just wonder if it just came to you because some people are a natural for that type of humour, and some people work on it. I was just trying to figure out the the process. No, Mark, listen, Tommy, Tommy's right. I don't think um, I don't think it's we've ever said it was up front, and I know that deals are structured and different. There's always generally a sell on nowadays. Celtic do it to others. Some will go to Man City. Um, yeah, Tommy's possibly right. I, I don't I don't really feel too strongly about put, giving Tommy the argument that he was looking for. 
Uh, look, well, look, the bottom line is we, we we don't know. Only Bayer Leverkusen and, and Celtic know the, the exact ins and outs of the deal. But what, what tends to, to happen is it will be based over three or four payments. So there could be a down payment of two or three million. And then the rest is made up, you know, to try and get to and that. Depending final what appearances he makes and so on. Yeah, of, of 11 million. There, there, there tends to be kind of sometimes, you know, to try and get that final couple of million. It's kind of usually kind of unrealistic targets or unrealistic um, demands that are put in the, the contract that, you know, that the, they win the Champions League and he, and, he, and he scores a hat trick in the final, things like that. So, yeah, listen, I, I don't know the exact fee, but it's not, it's not like what I do know. It's not like Bayer Leverkusen have deposited ten million quid in Celtic's account last night. That's not what's um, what, what's happened. Um, but beyond that, then you know, in terms of myself and indeed for sure Tommy, uh, a lot of it is uh, is guesswork. In terms of Steven Gerrard, I wanted to make a point earlier when, when when Craig was on and saying you know it shows if you give a manager time that it works because Rangers gave Steven Gerrard time, and he's drawn a comparison to Chelsea not giving Frank Lampard time. Well, it can it can work. But sometimes it doesn't, and sometimes you need to pull the trigger quickly. And the classic example is of the guys who were in place before Stephen Gerrard, Pedro Coutinho, and then and then Graham Murty. But you 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 only stick with somebody if you see something in them. You think they're a wee bit of bad luck or or whatever. So Celtic Rangers realised it wasn't working with Paul Le Guin. Paul Le Guin realised it wasn't working with Rangers. Boom, out the door, Walter Smith comes in and they go on to win another three titles. Celtic realise it's not working with John Barnes, pull the trigger, Martin O'Neill comes in, gets the club going again, not working under Ronnie Dyla, Brent, um, Dermot Desmond pulls the plug, boom, in comes Brendan Rodgers. So sometimes you've got to pull the trigger, sometimes it's the right thing uh, and other times it's not. But Rangers have been totally uh, justified in sticking by Stephen Gerrard. He's been absolutely first class. Him, his staff, the board, the directors, the players have been absolutely brilliant the way they have handled themselves this season on and off the park. And um, at some point, during the next nine or ten weeks they're going to get the rewards for all their hard work when they, they eventually get over the line and win the league definitely done enough to get a statue though Tommy oh and he's done Mark you've got to look at what the job that he's done and the, it's not just that it's the, the recruitment you know for, for behind Stevie and you know Michael Beale and Colshaw and you, you just look at it and it just looks so professional Stevie's professional in everything that he does but for, for the way he's brought us I mean we can keep ourselves on. We were so far behind Celtic. I've got mates up the road. Now I lived in here. I've been in here for years. I've got a mate up the road that said to me, you're 20 years behind us. 20 years. He's done it in two and a half. He's done a tremendous job. And we can only give him great credit for that. Like, another person I'd like to give great credit to is John Hughes at the weekend. Sent his team to Ibrox. And although the score looks bad on them, they played well. They had the bar. They had the post. And, and his interview afterwards was absolutely stunning. He gave great credit to Rangers. Never made any excuses about referee and bad luck or anything. But he, he brought his team to play, and I think that would that would fill some houses. I'd like to think I'd like to think you wouldn't make excuses, Andy, when you've lost five nil and Rangers have missed a penalty and hit the woodwork, and it could have been six, seven, or eight. Yeah, I don't think there's any excuses uh, there to be made because obviously the better team on the day won and uh, and won convincingly, but. I, I, I do agree. Uh, I do agree in Tommy's point that I think John Hughes does deserve a lot of credit for the way that his, his team Ross County are playing, and, and you can see that with the upturn of the, the, the results. But ultimately, they've set up the game and, and lost five 0 So Rangers were certainly mm. deserving winners on the day. Um, Stephen Gerrard, 
I've I've said many many times what I think of him as a manager and the fact that uh, would it's you, would you first... help put the statue up or <laughs> whether I think he should he deserves a statue of uh, the league title this year is different but um, you know I've the fact that it's his first managerial job and uh, you don't know how well he's took mm-hmm. to it and and how experienced he, he feels and see, uh, you know the senses he gives the players as a manager he's. Um, He's, he's been different class and, and I've talked about it before the progression and within the team and the squad every single year but the only thing that was eluding was that silverware and uh, you know he's set to win the big one this year and it was um, obviously the main objective of stopping Celtic winning 10 in a row and, and giving Rangers in my opinion their best league win uh, league title win for for decades but uh, I think it'll be a you know, he'll certainly need to win a few more if, he's, if he stands to get a statue at the club Thanks Tommy give your uncle my regards Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, Beat the Pundit time. Every week, as the weeks go by, Halliday gets more and more nervous that his unbeaten run is going to go. He's actually told, honestly, behind the scenes he's telling me that he wants to lose so that he can. people will stop talking about the unbeaten run. Yep. Is that, that fair? I wouldn't say I want to lose, but I, I did say... You just want that pressure off. Just uh, when the time comes, it'll be a relief because right, okay. I'm sick of people talking about being unbeaten and nobody's talking about it. Honestly, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Get your calls in before seven o'clock. Beat the pundit is next, and uh, it could be you that wins the signed ball. Let's hear from you. Tackle the headlines. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Play one super scoreboard. Andy Halliday is in the studio Mark Guidi joins us from home And there's still plenty of time for you to get your calls in We're building up to kick off between Celtic and Hamilton And Hibs and Rangers There's another game at 7.45 between Livy and Kilmarnock And the second half's just getting underway Motherwell trailing by a goal to nil in Dingwall Ollie Shaw with it St Mirren three up at Tannadice Shaughnessy and a McGrath double from the spot and goalless between St Johnson and Aberdeen so as things stand it would be a, a great evening uh, for Ross County and St Mirren um, plenty more time for your calls let's do this first though Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, beat the pundit time. Your chance to win a signed ball and embarrass one of the pundits in the process, but only if you can handle the pressure. Last night, what a heartbreaking story last night. Guy phones in, he says, my two young boys, they said that I should go for it, you know, make them proud, and he was hopeless, and he got absolutely oh. hammered. Nothing worse. Kids haven't, haven't spoken to him since, embarrassed. Can't, so didn't do them proud then. Can't even look at him anymore. Uh, right, John Paul is on the line tonight. How's it going, John Paul? I'm not bad, panel, Andy. Hey, Mark, how are you? Not bad at all. Uh, we keep we keep talking about it, John Paul. Since he joined the show, Halliday still unbeaten. Could you be the man to topple him? Uh, I think so. I, I think so. I'd, I'd like to go there anyway. <laughs> right. Well, we'll toss the coin. It might be it might be Mark Guidi. Uh, let's see what we've got tonight. Heads it is Mark Tails. It is Andy, uh, and I feel for Andy Halliday's pals who try and get through it every week to try and embarrass him. But it's always so busy. They've never managed it yet. So heads it's Mark Tails. It's Andy. Let's <laughs> tails as well. Uh, honestly, it's, right, it's a man, double it's a heavy coin. coin. Look, I'm telling nah, you. Nah, you, it does have a wee bit of blue tack on it actually because I stick first it. Time. This is my first time on this day, Andy. So you better, you better be doing all right. Nah, be a good game. Okay, I've not seen the questions yet. I've just had them handed to me. I usually take at least a quick look at them. Right, okay. Um, what we'll do is I'll give Andy some clay two to listen to. Just so that he can't hear you, John Paul. Thirty seconds on the clock. You're up against Andy, and you can pass. That's all you need to know. You ready? 
Yeah. Let's go, 30 seconds, your time starts now. Which team was Wiggins Callum Lang on loan to until this month? Which Scottish team? Who was Celtic's club captain immediately before Scott Brown? Bad. Who was Scotland women's national team manager from 2017 to 2020? Yeah. Name any of the three Swiss players currently playing in the Scottish Premiership. Who were Rangers opponents in the last 16 of the Europa League last season? Name either Scottish club Peter Houston's managed. Okay, let's bring Andy Halliday back. Can you hear us? Yep. Same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock. Is the unbeaten run going to go? We will find out. Your time starts now. Which Scottish team was Wiggins Callum Lang on loan to until this month? Who was the Celtic club captain immediately before Scott Brown? Steve McManus. Who was the Scotland women's national team Shelley manager Kerr. from two? Name any three, any of the three Swiss players currently playing in the Scottish Premiership. Who were Rangers opponents in the last 16 of the Europa League last season? Leverkusen. Name either Scottish club Peter Houston has managed. Dundee Who was who is Kilmarnock's first choice goalkeeper this season? Rogers. Arsenal signed Martin Odegaard on loan today from which club? Real Madrid. Okay, okay. John Paul, how do you think that went? Because he was good, because you were bad, or a bit of both? A bit of both. A bit of both. I can't believe the water passed on, man. I can't actually believe it. I bet seeing the pressure's on it It is that bit more difficult He's just getting used to it in here Because he's done it a few times Right um, Which Scottish team was Wiggins Callum Lang On loan with Until this month It was Motherwell 1-0 Halliday Celtic's club captain Immediately before Scott Brown John Paul You'll be kicking yourself It was Stephen McManus 2-0 Andy Halliday's big on his Celtic knowledge As Halliday 2-0 <laughs> up uh, Who was the Scotland women's national team manager Until this year Shelley Kerr You both got it So it's 3-1 Name any of the three Swiss players Currently in the Premiership Cedric Eaton Albion Ayeti Or Benjamin Sigrist um, There's every chance that we've missed another one But it didn't matter Because El is definitely not one of them 4-1 to Andy Halliday uh, Bayer Leverkusen You both got that 5-2 uh, you both got Dundee United Falkirk was the other club Peter Houston managed So do you know what John Paul You're not doing too bad You've got three at this point But unfortunately for you Andy's got every single one right And then he just showed off A wee bit towards the end Danny Rogers Is the commandment keeper And Martin Odegaard Signed for Arsenal From Real Madrid So three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, three victory For Andy Halliday Hard lines John Paul Ah uh, yeah, well done Andy, all the best Cheers mate, uh, it, was a, it was a good good week for me Said through gritted teeth There we go, uh, well done John Paul, well done for playing One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, just checking that Eight, not many eights Mark Guidi No, that was a good performance from Andy there uh, Excellent uh, I was particularly uh, impressed with the uh, Stephen McManus answer I'm a bit I'm a bit suspect because I d- he, he said Shelley Kerr before I had even read the question so I don't know what's going on it's there it's the only women's national manager I knew for Scotland right, so. right, at least you're honest Motherwell have equalised in Dingwall Devante Cole on 50 minutes a bit of a striker's finish I just, every time I feel sorry for the guy but you just always want to say it's the type of finish his dad would have been proud of he's never going to shake that tag off son of Andy has equalised for Motherwell in Dingwall Chris Long uh, with the ball across run from midfield saved and a bit of a tapping. It was a great move. Uh, not too dissimilar to, to Ross County's goal, to be honest. Stephen O'Donnell plays a great ball in behind and gets flashed across the box to get the shot away. And again, he's, he's quick to react and he follows up with a, uh, a shot into the back of the net. And so you've got to say it's a massive goal for Motherwell. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that we've missed? Any other goals? I don't think so. Um, I can always tell if uh, if Dundee United are still losing 3-0 because I just look at producer Callum's face and see if, uh, yeah, he's giving me a nod. Um, it's not a happy nod. So, uh, St Mirren, what, what a result that would turn out to be. Mark Guidi, perhaps a bit sore after the Betfred Cup at the weekend. Um, a double from the spot from McGrath, Shognessy as well. 3-0 up at half-time at Tannadice. Oh, Mark Guidi's on some sort of long delay there I don't know if Fisco Bride's moved into some sort of alternative time zone But producer Callum can try and clean that up Do whatever it is you do Bash some buttons and, and see what we can I'll ask you the same question, Andy Halliday St Mirren flying tonight Yep, you've got to say it's still a surprising result uh, You know, St Mirren have, have been doing okay this, this season uh, They're fresh off the, uh, the back of a disappointing result against Livingston In a, a massive game, a, a cup semi-final for them But yeah, Dundee United have been a funny one this year. Started ever so well, and ever since then they've been extremely inconsistent. Mm. And it's it's, uh, it's certainly a result I didn't see coming, especially the nature of it. Three 0 so mm. so early in the game. People are starting to talk. There's already suggestions out there that it, in a Roger Hanna fashion, we should be looking at Andy minus one Halliday on beat the pundit. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'll be honest, right? I, I think you need to earn it a bit more. I, I, I think hundred yep. percent. Yep. I've, I've, I've I've had a right few close winning by one as a tiebreaker. Mm. Uh, I just think that I'm very I've told you this before I'm very good at certain topics and I think the questions tonight suited me you're humble as well I don't mind that Paul says you just need to get out more and stop swatting up his problem is Paul you can't you can't go anywhere yeah, exactly I just, told, I, stuck I, in. I've even told you I'm actually revising for it now <laughs> oh, come any on. Scottish news that flashes up I'm making sure I remember it for, for beat the pundit dearie me uh, I was, your next question if you'd got to number 9 was how do you pronounce Hart's new striker's surname Pass. What do you call that's, him? That's my answer. Armand. Armand. That's easy enough to say. Aye. Was it Nanjuli? Would that be Nanjuli? Is that is that close enough? I couldn't even hazard the. I guess. Scored uh, two goals in his debut like last night. Does look as if he's going to be a handful of big fella. So, uh, not had the chance to see him in training. Where, you know, you'd get to know a bit, bit more of him in terms of a player. But obviously, signed the day before. Uh, international, international clearance went through, and he was available for the game last night. And then, twenty minute debut, two goals. His second one, especially, was a. It was a brilliant header. It was some leap, and he was in there for quite a while. We managed to get it in the in the top corner. So it looks as if it could be could be a good acquisition for us. Big fella. That's what you're going to call him. That's easy to pronounce. I just, I, I, oh, I've called him so far as big man. So and uh, funnily enough, actually reading one of the newspapers the other day, I discovered that I can understand your French pronunciation being off, but, but you're more of an Espanol man. I didn't realise you were you were yeah. dabbling in languages until I read it in but the I paper. I still notice a bit of French, like the I think it was Kevin earlier said Peter Laval. So I think that must be the French version. <laughs> The Celtic chief exec, but uh, listen, I'm certainly not fluent in Spanish. But, uh, is that something you're getting so, into? You know, it's a funny thing about that, right? I think Alfredo Morelos thought I was fluent in Spanish. See, because he couldn't speak any English, <laughs> he would literally ask me the same thing every day: "Is what time's training start?" And I'd say, "Dos minutos." If it was two minutes, so I think me, he me, thought me, I was fluent. Us, no. So, see, for the the rest of his Rangers career or my Rangers career, he would constantly ask me questions. I'd just say, "See," <laughs> so. I got away with it. Brilliant. Right, 0141-951-1025. We are trying to make contact with the Outer Republic of East Kilbride and get Mark Weedy back. I'm sure we will. Gerard is a Celtic fan from Coat Bridge. What's your point tonight, Gerard? Yeah, Gordon. I would just like to wish you all the best for your addition to your family. Oh, thanks a lot, Gerard. Do you know what? She, that's that's six weeks now, so this will need to be the cut off. It's very polite of you, but it's, you know she's it's, it's old news now. But no, do you know what? No, I know. Listen, I appreciate that's very nice. Yeah, uh, Gordon. Also wish to wish well, uh, Andy and Mark as well. All the best. Thanks very much. Thank you. My point is the fact is that is it mathematically over yet? 
Celtic can't win the league or no. I'm I, I'm not saying that Rangers haven't done well. They have done well to match Celtic, but Celtic's had a, a terrible time, especially in the league and in the cups and in Europe. But as everybody keeps mentioning, but it just it isn't mathematically over yet. So why is everyone turning around assuming that Stephen Gerrard, after 150 games, has won nothing yet? And he still hasn't won nothing to the fat lady sings. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Gerald, I think I'd, we'd all have to hold our hands up and say you're right, but the, the fact that it's the 27th of January and, and we're kind of looking at whether it's arithmetically possible and, and counting down to, to when it when it will be, is that not the bit that tells its own story? No one, no one's trying to say that it's absolutely done and dusted cast iron certainty. We're all saying it on, on, on the station, Andy and all that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah. Assuming. Okay, um, well, okay. Do you think Celtic have still got a chance then? Well, I'm not saying they have got a chance. <laughs> well, you must but be okay. if you're so well, upset. Well, that well I'm not. But what I'm saying is, if Celtic come out, for instance, tonight and started to play the way they can play, mm-hmm. and Rangers had a defeat at Hibs, which is it's more than possible. I can't argue. I can't argue with it, Mark Greedy. Can't argue with that. Of course, it's possible. No, that, that that happens. You know, anything is possible. It is possible that Celtic will win the league this season, but it's not going to happen. Rangers will win the league, and it is over because there is no evidence to suggest that Rangers will collapse and Celtic will suddenly recapture well, the form that they had from January to March last yeah, season. What, there is absolutely no evidence to Mark. suggest that, Gerald. Yeah. Well, well, Mark, what happens if then Rangers all of a sudden takes a right bad COVID? Well, I mean, incident. I don't you know. don't know. You don't know. Let's hope not. To be fair, Gerald, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're kind of comfortable using that. But, but do you know what? It does. It does remain a possibility, Mark. Um, but I don't know. Is that? Is that, listen, is that we're dealing with what we, we're dealing. We're dealing with what we do know, and, and Gerald's trying to come up with some kind of um, argument. I don't mean argument as in looking for an argument. An argument to suggest that that Celtic might still have a chance. He's entitled to that opinion, and he's absolutely right until it is completely over the line because nobody from inside Ibrox has said the league's over. We can all see it. We all believe it. I'm sure that everybody inside Ibrox believes it and everybody inside Celtic Park believes it. But until it's over the line, then they will say the, the right things that they have to say. But we're on here to, to give a, a clearer picture and say the things that some people don't want to say. And the bottom line is that the league is won. Rangers are going to win the league this season. It's just a case of when, you know, they're, they're looking at the record points tally, they're looking at probably trying to get it tied up before the split and it's up to Celtic to go and not make a contest of it because I think that's beyond Celtic, but to try and regain some credibility. Gerald? Can I, can I come back in please, Gordon? Of course. Mark, how the hell can you turn around and say, God forgive me for using hell, but how can you turn around and say, the Rangers will win the league when it's not mathematically over. I can't understand that, and that's the way everybody has been on Super Scoreboard this year. I don't, I don't think it's just here. I know, but listen, I'll tell you why, because I was probably the last person, that uh, everybody that's been in here that says that Rangers have won the league, because in the last 13 games of the season... Hold on, hold on, Jared, let, let him finish. In the last 13 games of the season, if Celtic win their three games in hand, Rangers need to lose six of their games. They've not lost a game this season. And I don't know what's more 
realistic or unrealistic Rangers to lose six games or Celtic to win every game from now to the end of the season so that's why there is an opinion as they're going to win the league could they not lose six games but uh, they, they how, do, how do you know for a fact that they'll win six games of I, I all the games? I, I don't know for a fact, but the evidence that we've seen this season is that Rangers won't lose six games and Celtic won't win every game from now to the end of the season. You coming out with saying that Rangers have won it, basically? I, I, I've got the feeling that we're starting to go slightly round in circles um, as, as, as much fun as it has been let's sort of knock that in the head maybe we'll pick it up another time Gerald and by the way see if that does happen and Celtic win the league you are first on mark my words and you can make it make Halliday I'm eat humble off. pie uh, we'll put him right in his place Gerald 01419511025 Roger is in Uddingston off the back of that hi Roger oh how you doing guys hello how we doing Andy yep Absolutely, you mate. I met you in, met you in Heathrow or Gatwick a couple of years ago, just after we beat St Johnson two one, and um, you were you were farmed out to a lesser club. And uh, honestly, you, you are living a dream. You're doing all the punditry. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, what sort of look? What sort of look does a man have in his face when he's about to go on alone to Azerbaijan? Explain this to us. No, I think the look in my face was enough. When I saw one of my heroes playing, he wears a jersey. Come on, he's loving a dream. Uh, I, I, I forget that that six months happened to be honest with you Roger <laughs> hey, Roger do you know what we're a little bit pushed for time what, what's your your kind of point I think maybe on the back of that last caller uh, that, that last caller look Rangers had a chance mathematically last season but the carpet was pulled from between our, underneath our feet so I don't see his argument yeah he's correct mathematically they could still catch us but mathematically we could still catch them last season but that's okay pull, pull the plug take it the title nine in a row or 8.75 whatever they want to call it and I don't think we'll catch us. I really don't. It's, it's, it's Rangers to lose rather than Celtic to catch us, to be honest, guys. Yeah, Mark, we did. I don't think anyone would argue with that. No, they wouldn't. And, and it was nine in a row, Roger. It's in, it's in the record books. It was, it was nine in a row. Um, and just like I'm saying, Celtic Rangers are going to win the league this season. That That is going to happen. It's a, it's a matter of when. It's a matter of how ruthless Rangers want to be to keep that motivation going, to keep the unbeaten run going, to try and win it as quickly as possible, to chase the... Is it 106 as a, as a points record? I think Rangers at this moment can get 108. So there's all sorts of different things, little things going on within actually going to win the title. But ultimately, it is just about winning the title. That's what the focus is on. And if there's any other wee things that come round about that, like keeping the unbeaten run going brilliant, that's all fine and well. But for the moment... It's been almost a decade since Rangers have won the title. That is a focus, um, and that's rightfully the the focus of Stephen Gerrard and the players just now. What's the feeling like on match day at the moment, Roger? We touched on it with some of the earlier callers. Maybe that real nervousness about, oh, I hope we don't drop points, maybe some of that's gone. How, how do you feel on a match day like tonight? Gordon, that's a fair point because at Easter Road we haven't got one of these topsy-turvy performances. We played really well, but they don't get the points until we did. I think 3 0 a couple of Christmases ago, outstanding. Um, I've, got two, I've got two boys um, One said when he's 19 Said when I there a few weeks ago hey, By the way, I've not seen Rangers win the title He was at Kilmarnock in 2011 So he's seen them win the title And my oldest boy's 28 So he's been there seeing it done like his dad I've been there seeing it done at the Rangers um, And today I'm one of the guys who pulled up a few years ago Regarding the, the Europa League title for Rangers Rather than winning nine in a row um, I dare say I've probably changed a wee bit oh, let's be greedy and I'll go with both this season And let's make inroads in Europe But I also think the title's come up Yeah I'll be a bit nervous at the back of your mind, but me? Nah. I'm going to light another cigar later on as far as I'm concerned. 
All right, thank you very much. That was Roger in Uddingston. This is up there with some of the one of the hardest teaser questions we've got. The hardest thing for me is going to find a way of wording it to make sure it makes sense. But I think you'll enjoy it, not only the pundits, but you lot at home. So we'll keep building up to kick off. I'll keep you up to speed in the games and I'll give you this cracking question next. Let's see if you've got what it takes to come up with the answers. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi and Andy Halliday are here. It's 0141-951-1025 if you'd like to join in. Let's check in the scores as they stand at the moment. Some massive games um, poised in the Highlands. Ross County 1, Motherwell 1, Dundee United 1, St Mirren 3. So Ian Harks has pulled one back for United. Uh, and still goal, St Johnson, Aberdeen. Building up to kick off, Celtic, Hamilton, Hibs, Rangers. Get your calls in. Livy Kilmarnock as well. John Hughes making a double change. Spittle and Gardine as they go in search of the that winner right tonight's teaser and it is a cracker you're going to have to bear with me right because I feel like it's so confusing that I'll need to explain it a little bit but once you exp- once I explain it you'll be fine okay so it's the crazy pony again he's sent in a few recently not including old firm players which 10 players who've been based in Scotland at some point in their career have commanded the biggest single transfer fee so it's the top 10 transfer fees essentially paid for players who at some point have been in Scotland. Now the transfer fee might not have had anything to do with their Scottish club. Mark Guidi, does that make any sense? Do you want me to keep explaining it further? I, I, I think I've got. I think once we get one, then we'll, we'll, we'll be okay just we can get, we'll get one. But I think I'm grasping it, yeah. Right, yeah. So for instance, say, say if I could simplify it for you, you might want to think about guys who have had very high-profile careers and therefore have probably went for big money, but just happened to play here at some point. They yeah. might be Scottish, they might not, but it doesn't include... one right away. Okay. Fabrizio Ravanelli. Yes, I love it, because I see when you get one, you, you, you then start to understand the question more and you'll get the rest. So Ravanelli... Played, played for Dundee and he went to Middlesbrough for 8.8 million so it's the top yeah. 10 players with the biggest transfer fees some at some point in their career but they've played in Scotland Is John McGinn one? No because he was only 3 million or whatever I know, it was I but that's what I want to get a basis of where, what the lowest transfer fee is okay. so we can work with that Ravenelli's roughly the lowest Really? Mm-hmm Oofed So are we, are we look, so out, out with the old firm 10 players Okay so I'm going to try I'm not sure if he falls into the category is Andy Robertson one? Yes, that's the thing. Don't disregard the Scottish players because Andy Robertson went to Liverpool from Hull. What was it? Eight, eight million, something like that. Nine million. So he's on there as well. Right, right. Oh, I get it now. He, he, so, so the Scottish he, he, club doesn't need to be involved in the, mm-hmm. the fee, but they, but, they, but they might be Scottish. That's what I would I would bear that in mind. Okay, we'll leave it with you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. I like producer Callum's style because he's obviously he's just having a wee chat with the guys on the phone before they come on and, and seeing what they're up to. Because usually in my screen it just says the name, what team they support, and where they're from. But this one says Mark Celtic Denison, and then for some reason it's got he's making a Thai curry. So just a bit of added information. Are you are you the, are you good at the Thai curries, Mark? Yeah, I'm awesome at it. Yeah. Really? What's the uh, what's yeah. the secret? Uh, just perseverance and practice. Practice makes you perfect. Right. Okay. And so Thai curry. Are we talking green or red here? Ah, you've got a bit of experience. So a red, green, a Thai red curry, green curry. It's red curry with uh, well, there's there's quite a lot of green involved. Getting a, uh, a big tin. Oh, that sounds alright, that Andy Halliday. <laughs> it does. I, I I like I like my curries, so I wouldn't mind trying that one day. Is it low fat though? Because you're still 
Well, kind of an athlete. Yeah, we have it, but we're still, still healthy, healthy eating. Lots of, uh, lots of veg and lots oh. of green veg. You can come back any time, Mark. Right, what's your football point? Enough of that. It's just about... Uh, it's Barkas. It's essentially the, uh, the abuse that Barkas has taken uh, and just the fact that he's been pillared since he came in. Well, the fact is it's the most difficult position uh, on the football park. He's came in to a hideous defence uh, with no consistency, like the the, the centre halves were poor to begin with, and they were being swapped about uh, pretty much every game. Uh, he's been pillaged for the fact that he's cost five million. That's not his fault. He's an international goalkeeper. He's been pillaged for the fact that he's not uh, one of the kind of media darlings, Craig Gordon, who will let go. Who let's not forget had hideous games in Europe, some shocking performances in Europe. I get the fact that. Um, it would have been about consistency and keeping him at, at the club, but it's just I can't believe the pile on 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 Barkas. People think he's not made a save. Well, uh, it's not it's not all his fault. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, he was brought in what two or three days before the European deadline. Again, it's it's the it's the board, it's Peter Law, uh, all over the back. Uh, trying to be the, the cleverest guy in the room, trying to play low-ball offers, uh, and that's what we end up with. So I, I don't get the fact, I haven't played any position myself, I, I, I just don't like the fact that it's a pylon. Yeah, big fan of the use of the word powered on the show as well. I've not heard that too often, so I'm, I'm all for that. Mark, let's try and also get to, because I think you're right, you, it can never all be his fault. Before I put it to the panel then, how much of it's his fault? If it's not all his fault, how much of it? He, he could have done better. He could, he could definitely have done better. But uh, I've heard, heard it said that the, the, the defence don't have any confidence in him. Well, he has no confidence whatsoever in the Celtic defence because they have been woeful this season. Not being able to uh, defend set pieces is an absolute shocker. It's an absolute disgrace. At this level of football, if you can't work out to, uh, how to stay with your... Mark, the line went a bit wonky there, so just hang fire and see if we can clear it up. Mark, with the, I'm sorry, Muller have just gone 2-1 in front. It's a brilliant header from Bevis McGabby, so 2-1 up there in Dingwall. Mark, with the, uh, some of that valid for what your namesake is saying on the phone? Uh, well, well, no, I mean, to me say that Chris, uh, sorry, Craig Gordon had some hideous performances is totally wrong for him to say that it's all because that the, uh, you know, Barkas is not a media darling. It's totally wrong. Um, look, uh, nothing against Barkas, and I've been one of the most outspoken uh, critics against him and against the way that Celtic handled the whole goalkeeping situation this summer. It smacked of absolute complacency and taking the league title for granted. Um, but he's just not been good enough. As Andy mentioned in the, early in the programme, and as we all know, and as you all know as, an Elti- know as a Celtic supporter, Mark, to win things, to be successful, you need a good goalkeeper between the sticks. Look at Fraser Foster last season, Craig Gordon before him, Arthur Boric, etc., etc. Same with Rangers, McGregor, Kloss, Waterus, Gorham, we can go on and on. So it's nothing to do with being media darlings or whatever. It's based on his performances. And unfortunately for Barkas, because I genuinely feel for him, as a human being, I feel for him. But as a but as a, a media guy uh, assessing his performance, it's nowhere near um, good enough. And there needs to be for both parties. There needs to be a a, a parting uh, of the ways. Would you accept, though, Mark's other point? Fine about the media darling stuff, but he is behind 
a poor and constantly changing defence. So th- th- does that not come into it at all? You're not taking any of the, the criticism and, and putting it elsewhere? Uh, yeah, listen, collectively, you know, you can be, they, they, they can be a unit, of course. You know, it's important to, to try and have a, an understanding of your two centre-halves. So, yeah, the fact that, that, that they went in there and um, Celtic never had a settled central defensive uh, pairing, weren't they sure if they were going to be a back three or a back four? Um, again, for whatever reason, decided not to give Simunovic um, a, a, a contract. And I know he he's injured a lot, but when he was on his game, he's absolutely rock uh, solid. So, yeah, listen, there was a lot of things that went wrong. And, and like I said before, it's collectively as a football club collectively in key positions it's not all about Barkas or Shane Duffy or Neil Lennon or whoever there's a collective responsibility at the football club that needs to be addressed for what's gone wrong this season and Dermot Desmond can't allow the same mistakes to happen again there is something fundamentally wrong with the structure inside the club and it needs to be addressed Andy Halliday how much of it is Barkas is not good enough and has to be better and how much of it is well you know, the defence in front aren't exactly helping him out and confidence and all the rest of it. Yeah, a bit of both, definitely. But at the end of the day, I mean, Barkas has got the third worst save percentage in the league. I mean, you're a Celtic goalkeeper. You don't have to make that many saves. So when the chances do come, you need to, you need to keep a few of them out the net. And the fact of the matter is, is you can pinpoint too many goals where they should do a lot better. And uh, yep, yep, same could be said with the, with the Celtic centre-half. But the fact that he's been interchanged, this is three or four times now this season, shows that that Celtic don't have much faith in him uh, to, to be their number one so I do feel as if no doubt at all Celtic's defence should uh, should be better and do, to, do and will take a lot of the blame for, for a lot of their downfalls this year but the fact of the matter is that the, the number one's not been good enough and that's the reason he's out the team It's an interesting debate Mark because there, there clearly is a lot of, of kind of a lot of good points in there and you've got to cut the guy a bit of slack and he's moved to a new country and all the rest of it But and I'm talking to Mark on the line by the way Mark there are lo- because of the nature of football and Scottish football in particular there are loads of dodgy defences in our league but still sometimes the guy behind them bails them out and, and pulls off something is it fair to say we've just not seen that not even once from Barkas that is fairly correct. Obviously, I'm sorry because I, I missed quite a lot of, uh, of Mark Reedy's uh, kind of uh, response or retort to my initial question. Uh, I don't know if there was a problem with the line I spoke to the producer, yeah. uh, so I can't really uh, I can't really come back on that. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, goalkeepers are there to make saves, but I think the pressure has, has got to him to a certain uh, degree. But at the same time, I've never seen a Celtic defence so. Well, so so leaky since uh, early nineties when we used to call them the sieve because that that's what it was. It was, it was it, any attack pretty much. You're thinking we're going to lose a goal here. The, the defence has been awful, and that comes from recruitment and most of all it comes from coaching because we've got professional football players, professional centre halves cannot lose so many set pieces, cannot lose aerial duels. It's ridiculous. And the fact that the, the blame has gone to Barkas, and we're talking about, we can't compare him to Fraser Foster because he was, uh, he was phenomenal and he was a great shot stopper and he was massive. <laughs> so that, that, uh, that, uh, that would uh, instill uh, a kind of, not so much a fear, but it, he's an intimidating presence in goal. I know, but that's the other thing. Barkas, I don't know exactly. Barkas is maybe, what, one or two inches smaller. Andy Haldy, he's, he's massive as well, but, but far from intimidating, and that's been the problem. Yeah, he certainly doesn't have the presence that Fraser Foster does. I think, you know, something that I mentioned earlier is he doesn't command his area. You know, when crosses have kept, how many goals have we seen Celtic concede for cross balls this season? You know, when crosses come into the box, he's, 
he's not a big presence in the box mm. that's coming to collect and relieve any pressure off the Celtic defence. And then so. to be fair, on Mark's point, the back four or yeah, the unit yeah, defending cross balls has been terrible this season. Yeah, but listen, I think Mark has got to appreciate that. I don't think anyone's putting all the blame on Barkas. But when you've been brought in to be Celtic's number one and you've been bought for £6 million, unfortunately that price tag sometimes hangs over your head. But whether he was bought for £6 million or five hundred grand, he's, he's, he's not done his job and, and that's the reason he's lost his place in the team. OK, thank you to Mark and Denison. Hope the curry's good. 01419511025. Have you two got any more on the teaser? Andy Haldy was so chuffed to himself he thought he had Ross McCormack until I pointed out that he played for Rangers. I've definitely got one though. James Madison. Oh, I should have told you, sorry, loans don't count. I should have done oh, that at the start. Oh, I'm go. sorry, I'm sorry. Right, well, Robert Snodgrass. Yes, Robert Snodgrass went to West Ham for £10 million roundabout, so he's on the list, Mark Weedy. Uh, no, well, because I had Madison, I had another oh, no, one. Um, sorry. But he was on uh, Danny... Danny Ward, Ward who was right. at Aberdeen okay. on loan as well, went to Leicester for £12 million from Liverpool. Remind me to not give you the other question, which is got loan players on it because the guy sent one of them in as well but it can't be you two because you've cracked half that list right anymore uh, Ricardo Fuller no I told you not to discount Scots and you've got Snodgrass you've got Andy Robertson there are, there are more no three okay I'll leave that with you let's bring in Joe in Hartlepool hi Joe I'll go straight to my point I know you're pushed for time um, It's really about Scott Brown I think he's been a big disappointment For Celtic this year and I'm not a Celtic supporter by the way um, I think his discipline has been terrible um, You know he's went to be a captain And leading this for the front uh, And I think he's cost us a few goals too With the penalties he's gave away But I just think overall um, he's, been, he's been shocking for Celtic this year Mark Guidi is that fair? Uh, no, I don't think he's been shocking. I think it's totally unfair to say that he's been uh, shocking. It's not been his best season. I think part of the problem for Scott Brown is because for the previous three seasons, he was absolutely um, outstanding. Um, but I think just to to put a lot of the blame at the door of, of Scott Brown uh, is wrong. He's still a good leader. He's still influential. Um, is it fair to say that's been another big part of it though because you know I can tell the incidents that Joe's mentioning th- that penalty at Easter Road where everyone sort of thought what on earth's going on there coming on the sending off at, at Livingston and then aside from that we've actually not seen him anymore Neil Lennon has has come to the conclusion that he, he doesn't warrant a, a place in the starting eleven anymore yeah and, and that's that's absolutely fine you know um, you know, one thing that you can't argue with is at times uh, catching up Scott Brown's legs aren't what they were a couple of years ago you look at the red card incident last week and you wonder um, what he's thinking um, with that one you know Willie Collum was absolutely right to give him a straight red card I don't know if he's thinking about hanging his his boots up um, in the summer I'm sure it's kind of crossing his mind but I hope that he doesn't and I think he's still got a lot to give to Celtic and if the club is going to go through a, a, a massive change on and off the park that, that change that is required there should be massive change then I think Scott Brown will have an important role to help uh, new people in key areas uh, settle in and he'll still be able to make a contribution on the park he just won't be able to now give you that 40-50 starts a season that we've been used to seeing over the past two or three years What do you think Joe? No, I don't agree with Mark there. Uh, no, Mark, we've gone back to the last couple of years. We're talking about the present time. He's getting older. I think even his performances this year, um, you know, if you watch him this year, I think he'd been, he should have been dropped a long time ago. I think it was an old pals act to keep him in the team. 
øh, vinde i Oberna, end han kan dempere pressure. Det er dog, som det kan gøre i Well, you're right, Joe. It is about the here and now, but I think you've got to be mindful, and I'm sure Andy backs up. Yeah, it's not just all about what you see on the pitch for 90 minutes, or if he's coming on to the last 20 minutes in there. It's what he does about the club day to day. And yes, the the club hasn't been great over the past six months, but Scott Brown can be a key part in what happens next with Celtic, not just necessarily on the pitch, more about off the pitches as well. So it's a bigger role. The captain's role is a more wider role than to what you and I see on a match day. And that's why I think Scott Brown should still be a part of Celtic next season, if he wants to be. Dundee United 1, St Mirren 4, Dylan Connolly in the 80th minute. Uh, Andy, I would start by saying hindsight is wonderful, so it's maybe easier now after the event. But lots of Celtic fans were calling for, for Scott Brown to, to come out the team and they wanted to see Sorrow in Turnbull. And even though they've had their difficulties, most people would agree that the midfield's looked better since T- Turnbull and Sorrow came in. So it's not entirely surprising that folk like Joe would then phone in and say that should have been done sooner. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. But I think that you know Scott Brown's been written off on a number of occasions. I remember, um, you know, I think it was a season under Ronnie Dyla he was written off for the Celtic fans and... And they seem to think at that point that his time at Celtic was over. So I don't think it's anything that he's not been through before. Uh, you know, albeit he's not had his best season. Uh, I think the, you know, the incident last last week at Livingston, that's something that will that will disappoint the Celtic fans more than anything. And, and him himself being a leader, a, a leader of Celtic and being the club captain for so long that he's he's uh, he's let the, the team and the club down at, at that uh, specific moment. But as far as I see it, I think that, that um, Scott Brown's got a place at Celtic for as long as... Uh, that he wants and they want him basically so I still see him being a, a, a big part of Celtic's you know certainly short term future and uh, I, I don't think you can write him off um, uh, too soon because he's he's been such a big player for the club for a number of years Any more on that teaser? Yes I've got one Go Stephen Fletcher Yes oh. Was he 13 million or something to Sunderland? Yeah Sunderland from Oh, Wolves was it? Sunderland. Burnley was Wolves, it Burnley then? Wolves then Sunderland. I always get the order mixed up. Any more, yeah. Andy? You got anything? Yeah, you're right. Burnley, Wolves, Sunderland. Yeah. James McFadden. Nah, I think Everton to Birmingham about five million, maybe. So not enough. Yeah. <laughs> try to think. I'm just trying to think of. Uh... Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you some thinking time, and we'll get the big kickoffs in the quarter to eight games next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Dundee United 1 St Mirren 5 Christian Dennis has made it 5 for the Saints um, I'm sure even the most optimistic of St Mirren fans did not see that one coming Mark Weedy No no, 5 um, oh God, that's, that's some result I'm really taken aback by that result particularly for St Mirren uh, to get to five you know to come back and bounce back so quickly after the disappointment of Sunday Dundee United um, you know a, a more than decent team they've, they've racked up a number of points but that result tonight for St Mirren that would suggest to me I'll say now that that's St Mirren absolutely safe there is no way they will be in the bottom two now yeah, it's a wonderful result, it really is um, And it looks like it's pretty much finished We are about to kick off between Celtic Hamilton, Hibs Rangers, Livy Kilmarnock um, Just a quick word on, on David Martindale I feel like he's the, the man of the week, Andy Halliday Yeah, yeah, and all credit to him 
I'm actually losing count to be honest at how many unbeaten games that is now for Livingston because their run they've been on is remarkable and, and he, des- he deserves a, an immense amount of credit for the for the run that they're on so it's all uh, it's uh, it's good to see that he's he's been given that second chance and now he can continue with his job at Livingston Mark Greedy it, it was the decision that I feel like most people in Scottish football wanted I've never seen such a one-sided bit of feedback on the show because we'll argue about anything on here but everybody who got in touch just said you know you know, David Martindale. He's he's done his time. He's made his mistakes. He's learned from them. Give him the the go ahead to continue. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if you want to take it right back, the backstory. You know, when when he's been put in in in, uh, in prison for the 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 drugs charges, then he's used that time wisely to rehabilitate himself and to come out uh, a better member uh, of society. And he's then found himself getting into football. And he's been brilliant, you know. If we're just judging him on on, on a football manager uh, in the past sort of you know ten weeks or so, then he's been absolutely uh, first class. Credit to him. He's got to a, a cup final. He's won the manager month award um, last month, and um, I don't think the SFA had had any choice because he's held his hands up. He's shown contrition. He's been absolutely honest about the mistakes that he's made. He's paid a price for them. And he's he, he's now in the game of football, and he's doing very well. And credit to him for that. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five to phone in. We've got the other games underway. Just out of curiosity, how do you see them going, Mark Greedy? Because I don't want anything to happen, and then you get to revise your pre-match prediction. Um, I'll I'll go for um, Rangers to win, Celtic to win, and um, Kilmarnock. I think that could be a draw. Any difficulties for for Celtic or Rangers tonight, Andy? I, th- I think Rangers will be in for a tough game. Uh, I still you never bas- quite know what you're going to get with Hibs, do no, you? No, you don't. And um, I think one of the callers earlier on mentioned that one one win uh, at the last four at Easter Road um, since Stephen Gerrard's been the manager, and I was part of two of them. And it's it's a convincing a performance as I can remember mm-hmm. a Rangers team going to Easter Road and still came away with a draw because you know you know Hibs are a good team they've got a threat going forward that they can always score goals but that being said I'm going to agree with Mark and I'll say you know the old firm teams both to get a win but I fancy Levity to keep this run going and get another victory uh, Right on this teaser it's not including old firm players can you name the 10 players who've been based permanently in Scotland at some point in their career who've commanded the biggest single transfer fee also just at some point in their career so guys like Stephen Fletcher Robert Snodgrass Fabrizio Ravanelli Andy Robertson um, there's some coming in on Twitter Colin Moffat's gone Darren Randolph I can tell you that's wrong uh, what a keeper he was though um, what else have we got I think it's wrong is, is Aaron Moy one God no. knows that wrong he was just in loan yeah that's not a very good shout though any okay, from you I'm Andy Halliday Halliday struggling you're not be any goalkeepers in there uh no you're not done with the Scottish players that's what I keep trying to tell you you're not done with the it's... Scottish players yet Oh no, because he's not, he's, he's not playing. Right, here's my next clue, right? I think this is a brilliant clue as well, and you're about to tell me that it's not. Once you get one of these guys, you'll get the other. <laughs> no, not as good as I thought. Right, they're not quite Ant and Dick, but once you get one of them, you'll get the other. My brothers? Oh, come on, I was so proud of that clue as well. They're, they're just synonymous with each other. They started at the same place and they went on to have brilliant careers. Oh, goodness. Their names even sound alike. Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. James 
Oh, MacArthur and McCarthy. Honestly, you two. What am I working with the other night? Honestly, Great. bring back Gordon DL, uh, James MacArthur, and James McCarthy. So all of a sudden, uh, that list is looking a good bit easier. So we've got some answers coming in on Twitter. Um, in amongst the answers, Jason Nelson wants to know Andy Halliday if you will wish his son Jay a happy tenth birthday because he's happy tenth birthday, Jay. There we go, Jay. Hope it's hope it's good. Hope the homeschooling has got what a way to spend your birthday homeschooling. I know. Tough shit. Are you it's too easy the, for everyone now. Are you on the homeschooling, Mark Greedy? I think you I think you'd be murder. I think you'd be a strict teacher. Uh, no, in fact, I mean, e- you know, even though I'm in uh, isolation, I'm doing this from the house. Gordon, the first time in twenty years since we scoreboard. Well, the second time I was doing it for the house last Wednesday. Thankfully, part of it is not my three daughters. Two of them are. Are up and the youngest one, uh, Claude, is in the second year, so she's kind of self efficient, self sufficient, thankfully. But I'm hearing a lot of horror stories, and my heart does go out um, to the people, the parents who are, and the uh, gardeners are having to uh, uh, homeschool because it, it doesn't sound a bit of fun at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough. T- genuinely tough times. See if you're what, if you're on the phone and talk about how rubbish lockdown is, and you want to get something off your chest. We'll do that. We are here for you. It doesn't have to be about football. We'll try and tenuously uh, tie football in. Uh, Andy Halliday, I'm sure it's not lost on you that the fact that you're able to still go to training and play is such a big uh, a big help because it's brutal for everyone at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose I'm still one of the lucky ones that can still do what he loves every single day. But that being said, it's still really, really struggling with the fans because it's just not the same, and it's. Uh, it's as simple as that. It's you know, the fans out there that are missing going back to a football on a Saturday with their with their pals or their family to watch it. Trust me, the players are saying, mm. saying the same thing because you, know, you miss playing in front of your fans in a live audience. It gives you that extra buzz and adrenaline, obviously. And it's uh, no, the quicker we get back to normal, the better. I know it doesn't. It just doesn't feel the same. Um, is there anything to sort of? I remember, for instance, Chris Burke was in the show a while ago, and I remember him saying that. Even statistically, they had something that, that he. I, I can't remember if it was his total distance yeah, or his or his um, maybe high intensity runs or something. That, that they were down, and not because he wasn't trying, but it just felt it just felt different. Have you done anything like that at Hearts, or is this just your own sense? It's just my, uh, It's just more of a feeling. It's uh, you know, if you're scoring a goal, that roar. If you make a big tackle, mm. the roar. If listen, if you give the ball away, the boo. It's just everything. It's and just, you, mi- you missed a sitter last night. And nobody and I missed a sitter so. last night, and if fans were there, then. <laughs> I could imagine I get both barrels and I miss that. I miss it all. So it's uh, yeah, it's just it's, it goes without saying that it's not the same. And, and the quicker that we we can get back to normal and get fans back into the stadium, it's a day that I'm looking forward to. Anything you've noticed in the opening seven and a half minutes at Easter Road? That the pitch looks horrendous, and it's a, it's the worst that I've seen the pitch at Easter Road for for a long, long period of time. So uh, I don't and know do how much and, the Andy. See, see, see on that. See, looking at most of the pitches in the Premiership and and. and and the championship, I think they all look pretty yeah, poor just now. And I don't think we've had a really, really bad winter. But for whatever, whatever reason, you look at the surfaces around the country just now, and I don't think there's many of them in really good condition. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Tincastle just now is not in uh, in great shape either. I think the be- the best um, pitch that I've actually played on this this season has been Dunfermline's. Their pitch was was it was in excellent shape, but albeit that was maybe six seven weeks ago, so I don't know what it's like now. But yeah, in terms of Easter Road just now, I've you know it's always been. Been pretty good. It's been pretty firm. There's always uh, there's always plenty of grass on the pitch. But right now, it's uh, it's, it's the worst I've I've seen it for a long period of time. In terms of the game, it's um, it's been a pretty quiet start. A uh, couple of crosses that have been flashed into the box in the 
to the right hand side mm. for James Tavernier but nothing in the way of chances so far yeah nothing really to tell you about there nothing really to tell you about from the Celtic game so far we're finished with our first batch of games the result of the night clearly is Dundee United 1 St Mirren 5 an outstanding result uh, for Jim Goodwin the most significant might just be Ross County 1 Motherwell 2 because Graham Alexander desperate for a first win Motherwell haven't won in ages I think I've actually lost count um, and they were right next to each other in the table so what a big win that could turn out to be um, I think we'll have to leave it there and you two better get better get going in this teaser because there's a there's some work to be done no, um, what's the guys the crazy pony? Crazy ponies. Right, done as this I'll help you think. quickly. Right, some f- they fall into different categories. I told you about the Scots. Right now, there's a couple of English guys here. Both play the same position. Both had great careers down south, but then just found found themselves up here. Their careers tailed off for different reasons, so they found themselves up here with actually not not even our biggest clubs, just kind of a run of the mill clubs, if you like. But just previously, they had gone for big money. English centre backs, both of them. <laughs> Michael Dubry? No. One of them is best known as being the brother of another brilliant English centre back. Ant- Anton, Anton Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Anton Ferdinand. Right. Who else might fall into that category QPR. then? English. Anton, how much did Anton Ferdinand go for? 10 mil to QPR. He went for 10, yeah. yeah. I've never got that. Right, other English centre back. So similar. A similar sort of idea. And the club he came to was Dundee. Oh, Stephen Colker. Stephen Colker. Yeah, there sure. we go. Right now, the last two, we could be here until Christmas, and you would not get these two right because unbelievable. So this guy was a youngster at Liverpool, and he ended up playing for Dundee United at one point, but previously had moved to Atletico Madrid for nine million. Wow! Ringing any bells? No. Was it? Um a a um Polly yeah I can see where you're going. He's yeah, the first part. And and yes. sing, 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 yeah. Where do you go to watch a film with your debut. popcorn? Oh, aye, that's yep. right. Cinema Pongo. Cinema, Cinema, Cinema Pongo. There we go. Right. And the yep. last one, unbelievable. Remember, he ended up at Kilmarnock. Julian Faubert. Oh, oh yeah, West Ham. Yeah. I think he previously Real played Madrid. for Real Madrid, didn't he? Yeah. So he went to West Ham for eight and a bit million. He's on the list. Tough question. Too That's tough good, for good you. Question, yeah, though, he did well. Uh, who is it you share these with at Hearts very quickly? Because you usually text me the next day, early <laughs> on, and say, "Give me that question." Uh, Stephen Naismith, Craig Calcutt, or are they decent? Jamie Walker. They're are they, are they good? The good, good standard. They're all right. Not as good uh, as, as far as Right, okay, still goalless in the two big games involving Glasgow's big two, some big wins in the six o'clock games. We'll look back on it all tomorrow with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. So make sure you join us. Callum Gallagher's up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. For an unpredictable world, talk to Thompson's.com.